You're listening to the Headhunting Housewives podcast with your recruiter, Diane O'Brien, episode number 69. Hey, housewives, it's your recruiter, Diane O'Brien again, and I'm going to do a follow-up segment today because I just finished recording a podcast on a real-life example of a COO interview um, and my example is one that could have gone better. So it's kind of a helpful do's and don'ts when coaching and prepping a candidate on <laughs> walking into the interview. Um, kind of high level. I'll go a lot deep, deeper with you on a, on, a, on a private podcast for those of you interested in, in learning more. But something I wanted to share as I was ending that podcast was just speaking to, you know, the actual interview. And even though I touched upon the personality side, which is so key. It's not just experience, of course, but you know the personality traits and how all those things hit when meeting a candidate or matching a candidate to a company, but also just the basic interview questions. It's funny, sometimes I've done this for so long, I forget some of the basics that all of you are still looking for. And I've had, you know, not just a lot of your recruiters ask me to send what are the questions that I ask for an interview. And of course, they range depending upon what you're hiring for, at what level, if it's the first screen, if it's your second screen, if it's for your clients, you know, face-to-face interview. So it really varies, um, but I definitely can help and just give some insights, you know, on the gen- general as well, because there's so many things I think that turn off both on the client side and the candidate side. And so if you can be that quarterback and help both your candidate, you know, be on track with the right questions and when and how they ask them. And along with the, you know, the, um, did I say client or candidate with the flip side, you know, knowing what to expect and, and good answers and bad answers and, you know, how to follow up. All those things are, are so key. You're really just helping them come together in a seamless, you know, seamless way. But some of the questions that I want to point to, and I'm going to focus on the executive search. That's what I've been focused on recently. But of course, I have tons of interview questions stored away from the days of hiring sales teams and just regular managers and all kinds of executives in multiple industries. Um, so I have those at my fingertips for those who need help in different areas. Um, but for today's podcast, generally speaking, you know, I had um, one of my clients who was a CEO ask me, um, you know, recently for a list of, of questions. And it kind of surprised me because usually CEOs, first of all, they really want to ask because they don't want to look like they want to, ha- you know, that they need that kind of help, especially at this point in their career. But, you know, kudos to those that just ask for the list of questions because you're paying me a lot of money on a retainer to help you. So if I can give you different help and different questions that maybe you weren't asking, it's going to help you find the right person. And I can tell you, some of those questions I give um, go like this. And I have, again, a document that I can forward uh, to those in the private groups that want to know more. But, but for this level, this is a CEO position. And although you'll have those questions that kind of come right off the resume when it gets right to their experience level and what they've done before management-wise, the number of teams, employees they've managed, the kind of P&L they've managed, you know, the exact background, just to make sure it's a fit. You know, often you want to help your clients ask those questions, but realize not just the questions to ask, but then the answers where that should be. So an example, I'm talking about the P&L. Let's say you have a client that is at 30 million, right? And they want to get to 100 million in the next few years. So let's say next year, they want to get from 30 to 50 million. And they're looking for a COO to come to their company, but they want their experience to be, it could be the same, they could say. It could be like, you know, that uh, 10, 20, 30 million. They could want something that's already at 100 million. There's all these different variants. You want to make sure, find out what they want. And usually it should be just so you know, more than where they're at. So if they're at, let's say $30 million clients, 
you probably want to hire a CEO that's already definitely at least on 30 to 50, hopefully more towards the 100, right? But definitely over that 30 so they can take them to that next level. It's been there, done that. Again, this is a broad brush. You might have different examples. I've hired great people that were under that and just killed it you know, and vice versa. So you have to, this is a broad brush, but at least have an understanding of all of this, especially understand where your client's head is, where they're at, where they want to go, where they want this candidate, what, you know, experience to be. So when you are focused on the experience side, you can at least, you know, understand these things, not just the PL, the numbers of employees that are used to managing, what kind of managerial style. And you want to go deep, not just, you know, people say the hands off, hands on. Well, that's very generic. You want to go much deeper into what that looks like, um, you know, the relationships with their um, employees and their peers. And later, as you go and help the candidate do reference tracking, of course, you're going to help them understand they want to talk to someone at their level, someone under them, someone maybe from their board director that was over them, you know, so they really know what they're getting before they get hired. And you'll, that's more than just the interview questions, but just going through the process. But, but back to the interview questions, you know, those are some of the basics as far as the PL, the employees experience, um, you know, managerial style, like I mentioned. Um, but then you also want them to take you through some real life stories. You know, you often hear the question about, give me an example of a past failure, but you want an example of a past failure kind of relevant maybe to um, this job, what they're doing, what happened, who were all the team players, how they overcome it, you know, what did they learn from that? So you really kind of get insights into true examples of what they were doing at their a past company, where they were trying to go, what happen, what obstacles came up along the way they were able to solve, you know? Um, so questions like that, really digging deeper. I think a lot of my clients, and I'm sure you find this as recruiters, they don't go very deep. And in fact, I had a recent, um, client of mine that was really the problem. They had this beautiful, pretty, um, process they thought they put together, which um, they wanted to hire me, you know, to be an advisor as well to kind of help them shape that process up. I don't think, you know, they were definitely on very different pages when it came to their HR person who was new and their CEO who was young and their board member who was very experienced, but out of touch what was going on in the company. (laughs) And so when you would see their um, hiring process, it looked really pretty on paper, but man, was it a wreck when they were trying to hire the CEO. So it took a lot of time to kind of help them just get their process down. Um, So separate from like the interview questions, a lot of what you want to know is also when you're asking this, like For instance, if you don't have everyone on the same page and you want the multiple people doing the interview, you know, hopefully you all get in the same sides, you're not asking the same exact things or not sharing information after. Um, You know, for example, I had one candidate, COO, this woman candidate who's great, Um, she's one of the top um, executives in the field, in fact. I mean, she was written up in magazines. The company, she probably did over, I'm trying to think where she was in her career, maybe not 100 million, but let's say maybe 75 million PL, thousands of employees. The company I was helping hire for was small, um, under 50. I can't remember if it was 30 or 40. I, you know, I'm bad at numbers. <laughs> um, but it was smaller, right? Less employees, but everything else was on target. But man, I can tell you what really turned her off was their interview process um, was was not good, right? And part of that, I feel like I wish I could have done better to help them get the interview process cleaned up before I introduced them. But they were a new client and they kind of, you know, were taking my advice but wanted to do it their way. And then the CEO was very young and had a big ego. <laughs> and um, you, you hear that a lot probably in my podcast. I get into some of these, uh, some some clients. But and when I say that, I still have the greatest respect for them. It's just you need to recognize this as a recruiter, um, you know, where you can push and where you can't. Sometimes you have to sit back and let them 
take their time. And often what you'll find is they'll come, they'll circle back to you. It might take like a year, like, okay, Diane, how should we do this process? <laughs> and, you know, set up for them so it can go really smooth because you can help remind them to find any hire, whether you're doing sales teams, like I've done for Fortune 100 companies or hire an executive um, for a small company, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. The hiring process isn't that different for the different levels. Really what changes is the timeline and, you know, how good you have to be at the, the search hunting for the right person. You're really good executive recruiter versus a regular recruiter for your higher level, level people, just for those communication skills and level of listening and, um, you know, bringing the team together to get the right fit. Um, so, you know, even though they're very different hires, the process isn't that different. I mean, I'm using the same process I'm using today with my executive COO and CO searches as I kind of formulated almost 20 years ago when I was kind of writing an operations manual, manual for a little company where I was their only recruiter and we were hiring, you know, I had 10 recruiters nationally hiring sales teams across the country for the GEs um, and the uh, IBMs and the Hitachis of the world, Agilent, you know, so really big companies were doing all their hiring for and my recruiters were hiring for. And I kind of wrote a ops manual back then on, okay, this is the process. It's very basic, um, but it's still followed. And of course, a basic process can get really as detailed as you want. I mean, we would get into all kinds of detail with the different CRMs and ATSs and um, bring in the skill surveys. You have all these different outsourced things <laughs> that can really almost make the process a lot more complicated than easier. And I feel like been there, done all of that through the years. But Really, if you can simplify that for your client. So again, just if it comes to basic interview questions at whatever their next step is of the game, their first interview on the phone might be really short and sweet. Then this is what the interview should look like during the face-to-face meeting. Then this is what it should look like during your final interviews. That goes a little bit deeper. Often it gets personal. Um, and you as a recruiter can really help with that. Once they kind of pass all of the experience questions we talked about and digging into examples. When they meet up again, you know, they want to get to know each other. Often I like when they go out to lunch, especially if it's a COO and a COO, take it out of the office. They definitely want to come to the office the first time to get a feel for their office space, what that's going to feel like, the logistics of it from their home. But then you also want to take it out of the office just to share family and what's going on in each other's lives because these are going to be partners, you know, in life and spending more time than what they probably spend their families. So you want to help facilitate that and also help navigate your clients that they importance of that. It can't be all business and, you know, no pleasure, no fun, so to speak. But on the pleasure and fun side, I mean, just getting to know them on a personal level and making sure the connections there, you know, multifaceted, not just because the CEO's board member highly recommend this person and they check all the boxes. If you don't like each other and hopefully it's end up loving each other, um, you know, your company is not going to thrive. So you want to help not only guide them with the interview questions if they need that, but also guide them into the process and what that should look like and right through the negotiations of the offer, what the base is going to be and, you know, all the other good stuff in the bonus, or if there's equity or stock options, all that good stuff. Um, so just want to give that caveat because as I was touching upon an example of a, of that, of an interview, I know a lot of you are hungry for details again, like the nitty gritty of the questions and helping your, um, your clients. And before I step back from that, one other is basic thing that I feel like, again, almost shouldn't have to be spoken, but it does. I had a client that, again, this is the same one I'm thinking of, that the process was far from, really needed a lot of help. Um, every time they sent this really high-end executive to an interview, they only scheduled like 20 minutes, not even 30, it should at least be 30, and for a lot of these, it should be up to 45 for these really good executives. Um, 
and they did the video. I get Zoom was necessary, especially during COVID. Hey, I've always, I've been a proponent of video since 2000 before people were using it, but there's a time and a place for that. And what they did with this one, they used Zoom solely. They didn't want her to come meet in the office, which made zero sense. Um, you can wear a mask, whatever. We've done plenty of hiring during COVID. Um, and so what happened, every Zoom interview with each person she talked to never got past an introduction. I mean, in 20 minutes, even 30 minutes, you're going to spend the first 10 or 15 introducing yourself, right, <laughs> the, the client. There's another 10 or 15 with the candidate introducing kind of who they are in their background. And then where's any time for any kinds of questions? And I think, to be honest, a lot of clients do this because they're scared of the interview. So many clients, you know, as they bring in management and they hire people, none of these managers or even executives or even the CEOs I talk with have ever really been trained in interviewing. I mean, I remember back when I was hiring for GE, you know, not only did they put me through the whole Six Sigma just when I was a young sales girl there, but then later when I was hiring for them, they would make sure that um, I went through the top grading and um, knowing, understanding the full SIDS interview, which is a chronological in-depth survey. I would be flown around and have to do three-hour interviews, which to be honest, I thought was overkill because in the first hour I knew whether the person was a fit or not. <laughs> but it was great training for me as a young recruiter to really know how to do a very in-depth interview, not being afraid to dig deep. And um, it's funny, often those interviews, I had one um, candidate that I hired that later I saw him like at a company function. He was joking that I gave a really tough interview because it was one of the best interviews he ever had. And when we left, people from afar, we were at like an air club or something at the airport, um, they saw us sitting and talking because I was young and he was older. Someone came over to him at that, um, in the air club or at the bar there and said, oh, wow, so how did you do for the interview? And, and he was like, oh, no, she was interviewing me and she was the toughest interview I ever had, <laughs> which made me feel really good because, you know, I think that's often when, they, when I'm sitting down one-on-one, -on -one, which I don't do as much anymore with these candidates, interviewing them for the job, um, they were usually, they were older than me. Now that's probably not the case as much because now I'm 47, but I was like the 27, 30-year-old interviewing the 45, 55, 60-year-old. So, um, but the point being, have, know the type of your questions, but also, it, you know, three hours is way more than you need anymore. You can really find out the better you get it and it's intuitively right away. You can dig deep into somebody and find out if they're good or not. Um, and so help your clients understand that they can't just do an intro call because they're scared getting into deep stuff. If they're scared, let them use you as an advisor to give them the tough questions, where to dig deeper. You as a recruiter can find out all kinds of information that maybe even legally they can't ask. But if you know how to ask the right questions, not the legal questions, all the other personal stuff you want to know will come up. People that have nothing to hide are way willing to share. I've never had, had an executive hire without understanding what the deal was in their personal life with family and kids and, you know, what level age their kids are and then college, especially if it's a reload, you know, just getting into the personal and they respect that and they want that and all good executive recruiters will do that. Again, at lower level, ladies um, or guys, you don't have to probably worry about that if you're hiring us for a local company for a service center or something, but the higher you go up, the more and more that's important and you want all facets to be connected. So I hope that gave a little more information into the actual executive interview and where those questions go so you can help them send those to your client um, when they ask for them. Um, and so, and again, I have those to my private um, group members, I can put that into a form to put on our page so you have those questions. Because um, again, no matter what industry, a lot of those are still basic questions. So hope that's helpful. That's the last one for my day. I'm going to go enjoy my day now. Uh, happy hunting, housewives. Talk to you later. Hey. 
Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come join us over at headhuntinghousewives.com. It's completely free to join. We're there to offer you guidance, support, inspiration. And when you're ready to go a little bit deeper, we're starting a mentorship program in 2Q. If that's for you, you have to email me at hello at headhuntinghousewives.com and let me know who you are and how I can help. Again, that's hello at headhuntinghousewives.com. And I look forward to seeing you there.